Great. We're live? We're live! Hi everybody! This is me, Haley Royal, from Cinematography for Actors, the podcast. We're live from the TCL Chinese Theater up here in the VIP lounge. Uh, as the official podcast partner of the 19th annual Oscar qualifying Holly Shorts Film Festival, I'm joined here by doubling as two people indiana underhill <laughs> first of all she is my co-host co-founder of cinematography for actors and also the director of photography on the film that we are about to speak to you about mm-hmm. i'm also joined by john michael riva jr the <laughs> writer and director of the film that i'm about to speak to you about this film is called terry with a p like a pterodactyl hi you guys hi hello Welcome. thank you that was impressive <laughs> thank you I'm trying to switch my hat off and be like, thanks for having me. Thanks for but having me. But I've been you're here no longer, all week. You're yeah. no longer the host. Yeah, exactly. Eddie, you're really sandwiched in behind that mic. Are you uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> you, you look like you are pinned to the wall right now. You are just... You want to angle that yeah, out there you a little go. bit? It's cozy. Like, <laughs> this is... We do want the audio to sound good, but you looked a little uncomfortable. There you go. Thank you for knowing and yeah. understanding and seeing my, yeah, yeah. my discomfort. You're um, welcome. You actually have a little bit of a story of being pinned to a wall so, well someone else <laughs> being pinned to a wall you want to start with that what are we referencing uh some danger on set that you had to deal with the flying when sam got pinned to a wall oh oh do we want to not talk about that we can talk to uh, talk about it yeah I mean, first why don't we talk, talk about, about what uh safety but we're gonna loop back to yeah. it first we're gonna talk about the movie yeah terry uh, very violent segue yeah i know <laughs> terry what's terry about Terry, okay. Yeah. So, For those interesting way to get to this question. Yeah. Love it. Terry, Terry is about, um, so like coming of age story and it's about, um, it, it represents like my understanding of like figuring out who I was as a kid or still am because I am a child forever. Mm-hmm. Um, going through school without a parent, losing a parent, um, going through school with pretty gnarly learning disabilities like dyslexia. Um, so the character Terry has like 10 foot arms and that's a like physical representation of like kind of standing out and feeling like you don't fit in physically and emotionally. So that is what Terry is to me. Um, but in terms of what am I supposed to tie this with safety now? No, you don't. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah. We'll just get back there. Great. Yeah, don't worry. Um, now I'm going to kind of take over as host sometimes, um, even though I was the DP on the project, just because I think there's some things we can point out about Terry. Now, Terry was your second short film that you've directed. Yes, yeah. that is true. And it's great because it's it was the, the first film you ever decided to direct that you also wrote. You decided to shoot on film. The first one. Yeah. Yes. But like, I hesitate by saying that is my first one because I never released it. I like it still counts. It does count, you're right. Um I basically didn't do like a festival run with it because I used it as like part of my application uh to get into AFI. Which is where we met. As a screenwriter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we met. Um so AFI if anyone knows, AFI consumes your life for like two years plus. Yeah. Um and so like I didn't have time to do a festival run or like really polish it and it just kind of sat um which turned out to be kind of interesting cool thing because i got a chance to just like really take time with other stuff and then come back to it um so terry is like my first like 
thing that's in the world, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. The reason I bring it up is because not only do I think it's it's a great risk that you took by shooting on film for your first thing that, to direct, but right. um, that you worked with uh, your grandmother on it. And for I this, did. you worked with family as well. I did. And I want to talk about the um, your comfortability of working with family as characters in your films. Okay. Yeah. I think at first it's just like they're accessible. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I worked with my little brother on Terry. Adam Riva and uh, very much could be like okay little shithead come here like we're gonna do this and he's like yep okay cool Um, so like I think it was just first accessibility um, and for like my first short film it was about like an old woman with dementia Um, (laughs) my grandma who played the old woman with dementia does not have dementia um, but she comes from an acting background Mm -hmm. and hadn't been in anything for a long time and um just wanted to take that opportunity to like have some uh, have a connection with her where I like worked with her um and I think that's when like magic kind of happens organically when you have like a crew and team that's like in it for like the best reasons um yeah I guess that's how you say that yeah one of the things that I wanted to talk about before I let Haley take over as host again um, is the decision on doing the arms practically. Sure. Um, because we had a lot of conversations around with our production designer, Cato, uh, on how big that wingspan was going to be. Yes. And they are not. Um, I've, I once said they were 10 feet. They are not 10 feet. They're 16 feet. Right. Shout out to Cato, who's our production designer, who made help make that um don't want to take away footage from her yeah literally um but practical is the way to go for me honestly um i grew up watching movies that had the coolest most fun practical stuff um and nowadays like it's a decision Mm -hmm. you know back in the day it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like how to shoot on film like i wish i could shoot on film for everything um doesn't always work out that way but practicality in terms of your props or stuff is like just uh it's a lifestyle i would say (laughs) it's not like you know i got so much love for vfx it's insane um and our film is in the vfx slot it is yeah so a lot of love to vfx world Uh, my brother daniel works in vfx so i got a lot of got a lot of love for them but practical stuff uh for me is just like just living in it yeah Yeah, it's more fun i think and it's easier for the actor uh might be a hot take but it's easier for me as well yeah so with that decision to have the arms be a practical effect that Adam strapped on and used and had to learn how to work with, mm-hmm. how did that affect the spaces in which you could actually shoot with that? Yeah, good question. Um, and the different kinds of arms we had. We had two setups. Oh, okay. So like two there's there's one where he's like in slings, mm-hmm. so he looks like he's like a T Rex, and also like the pterodactyl when they walk, which is like their elbows nearly touch the ground, and that was kind of easy because you can kind of maneuver. But like when they're stretched out, they're just like pool noodles mm-hmm. with PVC pipe mm-hmm. in the middle, I think. And yeah, he just was like hitting everything. Um, <laughs> the costumes were like the most important part because like. You know, we had to custom make shirts and stuff. Um, I feel like that was more of something to be aware of than moving around. Mm-hmm. Just getting him in and out of stuff just sucked because we yeah. were like on a short time. Slowed stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that that was heavy. Yeah. We made it work. That was heavy. We yeah. made it work somehow. And we shot the arm stuff in um, Wildwood, which was a school he actually went to. And so we were lucky enough to shoot in. I mean, this is a personal story for Mikey, and so it was cool to be able to shoot in the locations for the crew that didn't grow up with Mikey, mm-hmm. um, in the locations that a lot of that happened. Mm-hmm. That. Um, the dyslexia and the trauma around everything and right. stuff like that. It was definitely home field advantage for me, which probably made me sweat more, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I was in my childhood home, and in my fifth grade class where I, like, felt like an idiot reading in front of the class, yeah. you know? Um, so, that on top of trying to make your day, I was just, like, using a lot of deodorant, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, really hot and sweaty, just like, oh my god, inner child trauma stuff going on and we're trying to make our 12 setup day all yes. at once and 35 setups. Was yeah <laughs> so i actually i want to talk to you too about now you clearly have a common language and a shorthand um but at the time you were pretty new associates when you decided to work together. Yeah, it was like first you time knew each together. other from school but mm-hmm. you hadn't actually done a project so what sort of discussions did you have to have to make sure that you were on the same page creatively technically practically i i think first was just like me explaining what the Mm -hmm. hell this was yeah and then through more specific meetings like coffee meetings going over shot lists it was like communicating um the logistics of what looks and just narrowing it down from broad strokes to very pinpoint notes of like i don't want this i want this um and like mood boards. Mikey has a lot of references, which is great. Visuals, yeah. man. I like need visuals to like breathe. And you kind of understood that wavelength really early on. Yeah. It just became kind of easy. Uh, yeah, I would say like the way that I like to work as a DP and a really great way of getting on the same page with your directors is I like to have a dogmatic approach. So like creating rules for the story. And so figuring out what those rules are early on and having exactly. a printed script where we're meeting in a coffee shop and able to go through with a pen together on one script like, OK, we know the rules of these characters. We want to make vulnerability uh, 32 mil lens. We want to make um, an eye light key for this character uh, so we can connect. We want to only shoot OTS dirty so we can connect or we disconnect by only having cleans like it's it's creating those and knowing when to break them so that when you get down to a script you're not changing your mind a million times you're allowed to but you're able to get through it in a consistent way where you can take the creative and then make it technical and practical almost immediately to relay to the other departments right very efficient effective i like efficiency yes Mm -hmm. i know you do yeah uh we have to wrap this up speaking of efficiency but indy i do want to give you a chance to discuss the um, safety on set that uh yes and also uh, a conversation i know you had with um the ghost of brianna wing yeah here um when she was you know trapped in between his childhood things in in his bedroom and uh had to make some you know technical decisions and sure. what, what sort of things Force you spoke effect. to her first about. thing i'll say very quickly about the safety on set about mm-hmm. being pinned to a wall i was mm-hmm. not the one pinned to a wall um but we had an incredible uh mikey had the incredible idea of showing the bully being picked up and thrust into a wall and we did that by having the actor rigged on off of a dolly that we then pushed into a wall and although we tried multiple times with our key grip and our operator to safety it down um, with sandbags and things like that 
Um, it's great that Sam didn't get hurt because we stationed him pretty far from the wall on the offset so that you have about two feet where the dolly can hit the wall. Mm -hmm. So safety on set is just like prepare all the time for anything that can go wrong, especially because we had articulating 16 foot arms that were made out of metal. Um, Like a flying sequence. Correct. Suspended by wires. Exactly. (laughs) With six scripts, like articulating them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Brianna Wing, who you are all familiar with, who is a um, long ter- long friend of Mikey's. Long, long family friend. friend. Long yeah. family friend um, yeah. of Mikey's and an incredible actor. She and Adam Riva, Mikey's brother, were in his childhood bedroom, a childhood home. And they were tucked into this tiny room and it was decorated production design was incredible but our setups we had so many setups in this room and so it was really important for Mikey to have time with the actors and so we used light bridge reflectors where I taught Brie and Adam that if they were able to see the light in the reflection of the reflector that they would have eye light and so that we were accomplishing our goal so they knew that if they had to make any technical adjustments or moves they would let me know if that reflection wasn't there anymore um, and I would adjust it so that it wasn't me constantly like in the room mm-hmm. fiddling even though I probably was um, but Mikey had more time with them on right. set which was really important but so you, they could just be like I didn't feel that and they can just be like Indy it's, it's moved yeah but you also came to me like yo can I talk to them yes before? and I was like yeah why are you asking yeah. and so like I was just kind of that was one that was a realization for me to be like oh yeah that's an etiquette thing yeah um, but my initial answer was like yeah yeah because it's gonna make it look great yeah mm-hmm. Mikey is very good at communicating on set um understanding to let go to different departments like knowing the notes he has to give and creating like the performance and the creative and like knowing exactly what it is he wants but allowing his HODs to communicate what they need in order to have the most efficient workflow on set so that we could get 35 setups and shoot Mm -hmm. in three days and have flying sequence and all of that stuff true um which is a really important thing but yeah it is for DPs out there it's always really important to ask your director if it's the first time you're working with that director on kind of the Mm -hmm language they want to have with your cast and if you're allowed to actually have those conversations so you know some directors get worried yeah about it communication always communication in the right order making sure that things things are above board and that's what people want and uh, like we really gotta wrap this up yeah i could just sit here and talk to you all day love ya um which is fun that it's our job um (laughs) terry has screened but you can catch it on bitpixtv.com so make sure you do it's really exciting and now you know all of the secrets of the inside the inner workings the inner workings (laughs) mikey's brain that's right Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. you yeah. and telling me all of this exciting stuff. Of course. Cool. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye. Thank you. Oh, this has been another episode of the Cinematography for Actors podcast. Follow us on wherever you listen to your podcast to keep up to date on new episode releases. We will be live through August 20th here at Holly Shorts Film Fest. If you're here, drop in and say a little hello at the VIP lounge. We also want to thank our sponsors, Apogee, Film Tools, Roscoe, Lightstone Rentals, Canon, and First Mile Tech. As a special gift to you listeners, we partnered with We Make Movies to get you a discount on comprehensive production insurance packages. Use code CFA23 on your intake form for 10% off your quote by visiting wemakemovies.org insurance. If you missed any of our live streams, you can watch all of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Cinematography for Actors. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at Cinematography for Actors. You can also catch us in a more formal setting on Monday, August 14th at Japan House for a panel discussion on the importance of bridging the gap between talent 
and crew. You can get 20% off of your ticket purchase by using the code HSFF2023CFA at checkout. Thanks.